This is Evil Crazy Genius and I'm joined by Emma Hirsch, a real-life daredevil with impeccable timing and a bucket full of luck. All right, so tell me about how how the hell did this happen? <laughs> Why did you have such a, like at the first glance it was like a hard but very adventurous life. How did you even come up with it? It was basically like as if the every single challenge you could possibly have on your way, you were like... Yep, that goes in my basket. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll do that. I'll just, yeah, you know, I mean, why why great. make it why make it easy, you know? <laughs> what no is it? Like, is it just, the upbringing? <laughs> it's no, it How really it and actually and it wasn't. I must say I mean, like when I was younger, I mean I always wanted to travel, but I never ever um <laughs> really had any idea that I would go to America, which is yeah. where I ended up. And I had no I remember being back at work in England before moving there and I had a guy I worked with and I remember clearly him saying you know I've just been to Florida you should go you'd love it and I said look I've really got no desire to go to America as such and probably really not Florida and, and that's exactly where I ended up living for 10 years <laughs> and then but another not only you Atlanta. moved there you moved mm-hmm. there at a very specific time I did. I did. I moved there right in the aftermath of September 11th, which that seems to be the thing that everybody wants to, to talk about. And, it, it, you know, what? I mean, it was, I know it was just timing. I was actually supposed to go there the year before. Um, and a few circumstances kept me. You were like, no, let's, let's just wait for something well, majorly crazy to no, happen. That would be a challenge and an obstacle. Well, actually, you mentioned sort of wait until the most difficult time. Actually, when I moved to America, I was, I was yeah. supposed to move there a year earlier. And yeah. uh, my father passed away he'd been ill for a very extended period of time with cancer um and so I kind of I'm an only child so I waited around for a year just to sort of make sure mom was okay and I postponed moving to America until December of the following year and then of course September 11th yeah it's like you know (laughs) I'll go next year it'll be easier you know (laughs) yeah no (laughs) oh so you were actually trying to find an easy route it's just like the life was like no 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 so um yeah so so unfortunately, we'll give you something fine. hard. You're like, you yeah. just, you, we, we can see that you can like handle this. Here you go. Yeah. You've had it so easy. Let's just throw something else into this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was just really, it was just circumstance and, and fate, I guess, for want of another reason. Um, you know, it just, that, that all happened in the interim and I'd already planned to go there in the December of just very, very early December, 2001. So it was literally like what, three, four weeks after September 11th. And as you can imagine, the environment was very, very you know, very tense, very somber, very, very sad. Um, you know, security was like massively stepped up. And, may, and I, I will, I will tell I say people... It was a turbulent environment. It was a turbulent... Yeah, you can. I'll tell you what, it was... Um, <laughs> you say in that, i got to say, it's probably the quietest flight I've ever been on, um, oh, ever. In wow. all the traveling that I've done before and after, because I've done, you know, I've traveled extensively throughout the States with my job. Um, and it was probably the quietest flight that I'd ever been on in my life. It was very, a very wow. strange feeling, very strange atmosphere. You know, um, people were looking at me like I was nuts when I was going to go get your ticket to fly. They're like, what? Why? You know, why are you going like that? And it was pretty sad for me personally, too, because I had a lot of friends in the States. I had people in New York that were, you know, affected personally by this. So it was just a very, oh. very, very sad time. Very, you know, solemn, somber time, I suppose. But, uh, you know, life goes on. And that was that was the time I, you know, just moved to go to America. So I told somebody else, it sort of made the immigration process. You know, if you're from, you know, you're from a different country. So, yeah. you know, the whole immigration process was... So much was, easier. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. No, honestly. And and the same goes to your professional career. Right. <laughs> you, you weren't picking the easy things. <laughs> <Were you? laughs> no, I really wasn't. No, no, I worked in logistics and supply chain. So it was then and I think probably still very much is, although not so much now, but it's very male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And I got quite high in my career. So, I mean, um, I, I could be the only female for, you know, on my level and for a couple of levels below me sometimes you know um so it was quite difficult fortunately i had a really good team of people that just sort of you know brought me in as like one of the guys almost um and i had a lot of good support i had a good mentor uh, so i think that makes makes a difference but uh yeah it's it's very different yeah it was quite a quite a stressful industry you know a lot of hours you know logistics you know never sleeps uh, you know doesn't matter christmas day easter whatever you're you're working <laughs> yeah i can imagine did you know that you were going into supply chain and demand like into that um, industry not, not so much i mean my background in the uk has had worked a little bit in sort of the manufacturing industry pharmaceutical mm-hmm. that kind of thing so it's not it's not a huge crossover uh, and I, i you know went to the states and basically needed a job so i started at the bottom you know i started out you know pretty pretty low on the ladder but you know rose through the ranks very very quickly um and had a lot of opportunities i have to say you know i think some of it was probably a little bit of luck some of it was from hard work you know a bit of a mix mm. of the two um but i was very fortunate and i think in some of the opportunities uh, i was given i think even to this day i've i've kind of maintained that i'm not sure that i would have been able to have the same career here in the uk i'm not sure i would have been given Why not? the chance i just don't think is it the american dream is it like the american magic it's it's something almost yeah it's like some of that because um there's a very um even now in england even though it's it's diminishing much more probably when i was you know coming into the workforce in the very 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 late 80s into early mid 90s there still seems to be this very sort of class divide almost in mm. the uk like where are you from where's your background what's your accent then it you know almost to the point that can preclude you from things uh, but yet in the states it almost seems like nobody cares nobody cares where you're from nobody cares what your background is as long as you can kind of get stuck in and do a good job you can you can make your own way you know and I, i think it's you know to be fair in the uk since i've returned here i think i'm seeing that a little more here i think people are more Still. open now. Uh, no, no, ah, but a little yeah. more willing to accept, you know, and give people a bit more of an opportunity now. Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, I, I did try when I was back here in in the UK. I tried multiple different ways of just sort of moving up the ladder a little bit, and it was like, you know, literally like the, just the door was slammed in my face most of the time. So um, maybe you could argue that was necessity when I went to the states. Like I had to do it, and I had a lot of drive to. Why states? just got the opportunity it was just that's mm. almost where i landed um like i say no particular plans to move there but i think over the years and then of course you're talking i'm really showing my age now by the way um you're talking like when the internet was coming up and chat rooms were first a thing and um you know you met a lot of people that way and i made a lot of friends i made a lot of connections that that became friends and are, are still friends now um so when i decided to sort of make the move it just seemed a logical move you know i mean I, i probably could have gone anywhere in the world but the reality was i you know they speak english in america and i knew some people there is really it was really no more technical than that you know <laughs> takes such a huge leap of faith like wow yeah it's practically yeah. serendipity how much it, it do you was, was. like attributes kind of i don't know luck serendipity name it what as you want or and experience and skills and grit 
what what is um, like what do you think is like can you like looking back yeah, at your life what was that's it? an interesting that's an interesting question what do you mean like how much was luck and how much was yeah. just from hard work yeah. um maybe a mix of both i mean there's there's a there's quite a big belief that you make your own look. And my, my dad, bless him, I just mm-hmm. mentioned him, passed away. He always used to say, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know. Um, mm. and, and I think there is some truth to that. But there's, I think there's also some truth to, um, you know, opportunities present themselves at the right time when you happen to be there, you know. And, and you've just got to be able to recognize that, recognize those opportunities and be able to take them so I think I think there is an an element of luck in there sometimes you know what was your craziest moment of like oh damn that was pure luck like Uh, (laughs) I bet you had one of those like when you were just in the right place at the right time with the right set set of skills that you were just like probably I mean probably this is is my shot (laughs) probably probably a couple of jobs that I had I I, um, went to a logistics company and they were in the middle of a a takeover um, from you know one bigger company was taking over the smaller company I'd been hired just sort of on the borderline of that technically by the smaller company but there was a big mix of management and people from both sides and then basically like the whole thing blew up like literally like everybody got fired or redeployed and then I was just kind of left there and they're like hey do you want to run the building I'm like hi okay sure <laughs> I guess I'm left <laughs> and that you know really that 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 event in itself was that probably propelled me onto my career I would think you know but that was that could have been anybody I mean I you know people say well you know you've worked hard for it and you but that one event in itself is you know I could have been anybody if somebody else would have been hired into that position then they would have been faced with that same opportunity you know um so I think there probably was a little bit of luck <laughs> a little bit of luck there yeah yeah or a little bit of accent they were like you know what like we can get let go of everybody but this woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a very pleasure to listen to. I'm sorry. You guys, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. you just never know what really acted. No, you really don't. No, you don't. So, yeah, and then my career just kind of kept going and kept going from there until I quit it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any, like, absolutely crazy experiences as a supply chain Um <laughs> Like I, I bet it's like it's it sounds like a boring job. I'm I'm not I'm not, like it's it it sounds like it's a boring job. Like oh my if God, you tell not. it to it's somebody, like that, that's the thing. The name yeah, sounds boring. It isn't. Chain. Yeah, it's like getting yeah. stuff from A to B. But I was up in, in management, so I was always traveling to different terminals and to different mm-hmm. places. And uh, you know, I've had I've had some odd experiences. You know, tell um, me. And then actually, it wasn't so much mine. I was on the phone one time to one of my colleagues, and he's like yeah I've got to go <laughs> I'm like what's going on and he's like yeah a driver's just pulled up to the dock you know like the big docks with the warehouse you know roll up doors he's like and there's a goat in the back of the trucks <laughs> wow okay you see that's what I'm saying like that's yeah. exactly it like it's I had a guy, the name is weird but yeah, I had a guy one time you know because you I'll deal with more. like a lot a lot of your problems stem from you know the drivers and a lot of drivers the really hard working guys but you run into all with goats where, yeah with goats in the back of the truck and uh i think there was a guy once that put um fortunately it didn't happen in one of my buildings but he put a, a forklift truck in his trailer the wrong way around and didn't secure oh. it so of course when he hit 50 on the highway he saw these two you know fork truck forks like shoot through the back of the, the dock, <laughs> which was like extremely dangerous i mean somebody could have yeah. really been hard if it had flown the whole way out but 
Fortunately, oh, it didn't, and it was a relatively quiet time of day. But yeah, there's all kinds of weird stories, you know. Tell me more. I'm here for it. <laughs> oh my god, you really want? There's just so much. I mean, you know, there's just so much stuff. You know. <laughs> what was the most like unexpected thing, except for the goat? Like w- the the story that was like the most ridiculous story ever that you still tell to this day on all those. I think it's day. that one. I think it's the goat. <laughs> What did they do to it? Um, I actually don't know. I was like, okay, because like, so it was a colleague of mine that I was on the phone to. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll let you go. And I think he probably just went to the driver and said, you know, you like, really can't have a goat in the back of your truck. You can have to take that away, you know? Mm. I'll name <laughs> you Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me. Um, I've, I've had cases where customers would call up, call up and it would go right up the chain all the way to my level because it says things mm-hmm. like, because this is the states you know and they yeah. have very different laws when it comes to guns and things like that like oh. you know your drivers your drivers wandering around our store with a gun in his belt you know and they don't please don't do that you know don't go you shouldn't have it on you anyway yeah there's like really strange <laughs> there's all kinds of things you know and actually you have to work in that business for a while to go does anybody have any common sense at all you know but don't go into even if you've got a gun don't go into a customer's with it and don't go into a customer's with it where the customer can see it you know um so yeah there's you know it, it causes so much work <laughs> it's basically you were like a therapist like probably Could therapists be. see less of probably, human behavior yeah. than you, you did see, yeah you see the full gamut of of human behavior you really do and <laughs> people people can be one of two ways they can just kind of go you're you know you're the boss and we just respect that or they can just get really super friendly and tell you things that they shouldn't be calling telling you about you know like i'm i'm, I'm kind of like uh i'm smoking pot in this bathroom yeah, <laughs> that, don't, yeah in, in the office not, not and a, you're like maybe talk yeah. to somebody else not, me. not exactly i'd have i would have people calling me up and say you know i won't be in today because i'm having like you know xyz medical procedure that was maybe a little personal i'm like yeah i really didn't need to know that <laughs> tmi man yeah tmi oh, yeah. oh that's so fun it's it's <laughs> it's like it's it, it kind of sounds like as if you were um a teacher as a school and with a lot of kids <laughs> it almost could be like sometimes you're like a teacher a mentor or a boss sometimes you ended up being a confidant or a friend you know it's just there's a whole there's a whole number of different you know hats that you end up wearing I think when you're in especially when you travel as I did and I would go to so many different cities up and down um the east coast of America um different mm. people slightly different cultures between different states and cities and so it was, was it a culture shock every single time um not every single time because i think by the time i traveled that extensively I, i was quite familiar with living um in the states uh but the states is similar to the uk in that there's kind of a north south divide um and i live most of my time in the south so i got i got more mm. used to that probably but uh not not too much when i traveled between different cities i i used to find it quite uh quite similar in some regards but uh, i think maybe i just got used to it by then and the, the difference in culture didn't get me Uh, maybe yeah I'm, maybe. i'm just thinking like it probably could have been like quite a shock coming from uk that i feel like i don't know it's, it maybe was, it's yeah. a stereotype but i feel like uk is a little bit more conservative it, yeah it can be um depends where you're from again and there's north south divide like we just yeah, said I'm, I'm, a, i'm a northern girl you know by birth but uh um so yeah it is i mean when i first got there don't get me wrong but the culture shock was was massive especially living i went straight to florida to the orlando area oh. um 
and so it's just hot. Like it's just hot all year. As like, I'm like, why do you have a weather forecast? It's like today it's hot, tomorrow it'll be hotter, and then on Saturday it'll be even hotter still. You know. Um, so it took me a really good while because you know in the UK, you live in the UK. It's it's not overly hot a lot of the time. It rains a lot, you know. So it's a completely different climate uh, when you're not used to it. You struggle with that, and then you struggle with the with the cultural differences because I think it's America almost catches you off guard. I think because you fall into this trap of going, well, they talk the same language, so everything's the same, and it's it's not. It's it's vastly different. <laughs> mm, so like the things that would work in UK, totally fine that yeah. wouldn't work in the state like the state possibly so it's probably just more of a, a cultural sort of attitude difference you know um, what was the culture and attitude so different is it um i don't it's just that's a really hard thing to sort of yeah. describe I suppose you have to live it um but there's just generally a a, a difference in I don't know, just the way things are viewed, maybe. I found myself, when I went to America, I changed the way I spoke a lot. Um, not to not to drop into an American accent as such, even though you sort of do that because you find yourself talking yeah. like, you, know, you pick up speech inflections and things from people that you're around. But um, you, you find the rhythm, um, cadence, I suppose, of the way you speak changes because I found out that if I talked in my normal accent from the UK, it was probably a very direct sounding way of speech and people in America would take it like very, very literally anything you were saying. And then when I was first there, I'm naturally quite a sarcastic person. <laughs> um, and I realized that like in that accent, doing sarcasm, it didn't work because they thought I actually meant everything I was saying. So that, that caused me a few problems in the early days, you know, I'm like, no, no, I didn't mean it really. <laughs> um so yeah just different oh. cultures just different just different views on things and different yeah mm. just different yeah. wow it's true it's true it, it is like it, it doesn't you could you could oh. <laughs> you can edit that <laughs> yeah i will i will <laughs> sometimes i just start to stutter when i'm so excited You're so excited. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about, so you traveled a lot, but you traveled a lot yeah. throughout the States. So yeah. how did you go back? Why, why are you coming back? You, you completely, the oh, yeah, okay. you decided um, to go on your own path. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you were like, you know what? I did everything I could. I succeeded. Life is too yeah, boring. That's pretty exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Not, not that it was too boring, but I think I've got to a certain point in my life and career. And I think it happens mm -hmm. eventually kind of reach this, this crossroads. Um, and the crossroads was, do I continue to do what I'm doing? I'm, I'm pretty high up in my career. Do I continue to do that and move up even higher? And okay, mm -hmm. it's more money, but I was already kind of okay with what I was earning. I was making, you know, pretty good salary, very good salary, really. Um, so do I continue to do that, make more money and take on even more stress and dedicate more hours and more energy to this job? More goats. Yeah, more goats. Or, yeah, <laughs> pay me in goats next time. <laughs> do I, or do I do something, you know, that's that's completely different because I think I probably mm. at that point I probably thought well I've moved countries I've had this really good career it spanned you know about a decade and a half there um maybe it's time to do something different and then I think the motivation of that was the one thing about the states I really struggle with is they really don't do vacation time holiday time like we do you take a job in UK you get six weeks holiday you take a job in America they say we're really lucky we get two weeks and I'm like what am I supposed to do with that 
And you you have to work somewhere for about five years before you will earn another week's vacation wow. time. Wow. So the vacation time is really thin on the ground. So actually, when you mentioned cultural differences, I probably should have <laughs> said about that because I, I, and being from England, I struggled with that so massively and especially wanting to come home and see my family. Um, you know, yeah. so I think when I did decide it was time to end the career, that was the big motivating thing. It was like, well, you know, if I do something for myself, that's much more flexible um, that I don't have to dedicate so much time to, then I can you know, spend more time traveling to the UK, visiting family, you know? Um, and then that in itself evolved to, well, if I'm going to travel to the UK that much and I can work remotely, why don't I just move back there? <laughs> and so that's, that's really how it happened. It was, yeah, that's how it evolved. Um, yeah. It so it didn't, it wasn't like, I, that's another challenge. It was more of like no, seeking just, for comfort, falling into maybe, another challenge. <laughs> yeah. It was not, not so much for a challenge. I think it was just more that like I've been in America a long time. I've been away mm. from family for a long time. And I think I'd kind of done everything I wanted to do by then in America. So it was like, well, now if I'm working remotely, I can go back to the UK, spend some time, spend some time with mom, spend some time with aunts and uncles that I haven't seen much of for the last 20 years. Now, you know? Um <laughs> And so really it was Remember that. Me? And, do, and, and actually I do, you know, I have very strong ties to the States. I have mm -hmm. friends, good friends there. So I travel back and forth quite regularly right up until, of course, mm -hmm. coronavirus, because, you know, have to get into <laughs> yeah. that a little bit. But um, up until then, actually when coronavirus hit, I think I, I came back to England right at the end of February, just before it, it sort of went, you know, into You're big so news. You're so lucky, honestly. I know. <laughs> Uh, I was on the plane. People had masks. On. I'm like, why are they wearing masks? Uh, and of course, I'd heard some, you know, I'd heard some news about the, the coronavirus thing, but it hadn't, you know, we hadn't got into lockdowns and stuff then. Um, so I'd, I'd been in the States for about six, eight weeks, something like that. Um, just got back. And then, of course, we locked down like a month later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good with timing, I think, as you mentioned. It. Oh, I yeah. Absolutely. And it must be something to do with planes and timing because I went, now I'm thinking about it, you, you brought it up. I went to um, Hawaii um, a few mm. years ago and I desperately wanted to go at one, I can't remember if it was the March or the April time, but I wanted to go at that particular month um, and I couldn't get where I wanted to go. Everything was booked and I think I was doing mm -hmm. it for like a timeshare type thing. Um, and it was all booked. And they said, well, the best we've got is like, I think it was like a month and a half later or two months later. I was like, fine, I'll take that then. And then the tsunami hit. And if I'd have been in Hawaii at that time, then the tsunami, yeah, you know. I don't know whether I should laugh or cry now. I know. And, uh, you, and actually maybe you the, should like branch out into being a psychic, you know, like a fortune teller or something. <laughs> it's, it's really just, I just tend to think maybe somebody's keeping me safe. I think the same thing happened when I went to, I'd, I'd come, I hadn't been to England for a long time and I was planning to go to London. Uh, and then of course the London bombings and stuff happened there on the... Yeah, and I missed that by it, but I think I had booked to come. Do you about believe in coincidences? No. <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. Don't believe it. Yeah, maybe should, but I actually don't. Um, someone yeah. asked me that before, and I just, I don't. I believe there is some luck that goes into things, but I'm not a big believer in coincidence. I just never have. I had a, mm. that conversation with an auntie of mine. She's like, well, what then? You know, everything just sort of happens and it's planned. And I'm like, no, not, not like that. But I don't believe in coincidence as such. It's, it's quite a tough thing to explain. <laughs> like coincidences are basically are, are not accidental. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I think I don't believe that things just happen by chance so much, you know? <laughs> Not and not so much either that it's like preordained. I don't mean that either. It's just like I said, it's quite a difficult thing to to explain. But I always probably like the everything happens for a reason. 
type thing, you know? Yeah, I get it. And, and I mean, maybe, I just think someone's, yeah, like, <laughs> maybe I just think someone's trying to look after me, you know, maybe somebody's keeping me safe somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I feel like it, maybe you're, even your own belief in that mm-hmm. does it. I don't know. Like nobody knows. Yeah. Like Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so <laughs> cool, honestly, because you. your life is full of very, very suspicious coincidences. Suspicious coincidences. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing now? You're doing, uh, you're making, if I'm not mistaken, a job platform for freelancers. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's called Could Gigleads. Could you be, UK. oh, sorry, say it again. No, it's, it's called gigleads.uk. And yes, you're mm. correct. It's for freelancers, uh, specifically targeted to um, sort of content creators, writers, bloggers at the moment. Um, that may expand as we go forward. Um, but yes. I was just like, that. could you be more relevant for this time? I feel like that's what everybody's <laughs> looking into right now. Like everybody's well, trying right. to find yeah. a good copywriter. Yeah, they are. It's, um, and there seems to be, you know, because of, you know, coronavirus and lockdowns yeah. and furloughs and everything, it seems that a lot of people are sort of relying on their own skills to enter into the freelance market right now in, in you know, all kinds of different ways, whether that be in, in tech as a, a programmer or, you know, graphic designer or copywriter or whatever. So, yeah, so it's um, actually, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, we're having a pretty good response to that. Um, and like you say, it's probably maybe just the right time to do it. So well, I, I talked to somebody the other day and they said, it's all, they said it's a lockdown business. And I said, yeah, I never thought about that. It probably is. It's something I've had Perfect. on... It's something I've had on my mind to do for quite a long time. Um, it's something I already built um, five years ago when I first went freelance myself. But I did a, I did a, the exact same platform, but it was for logistics and supply chain industry. Um, and I kind of did it, got it off the ground, and then you know life took over and other jobs took over, and I just probably didn't dedicate as much time to it as I should have done. Um, so I just sort of let it go, and then you know I was sort of messing about with stuff and. It just, it just kind of came full circle. I was like, oh, I should like do that again, but do it for like, now I'm doing it for freelancers because I've spent five years freelancing, six years nearly. And it's, it's probably born out of some of my own experiences and frustrations with, with that market. You know? Yeah. It's really hard to find jobs, right? Like it's, yeah. it's basically from my very reduced knowledge of freelancing is that you really, really, really have to have the connections depending on the sector, but it's mostly right. referrals and connections. It's really hard to find like a lot of it jobs. can be, and it can, and it can be hard to break yeah. in. I think um, once you kind of, it's one of those things like once you're in, you're in, but you've constantly mm. got to be, um, you know, everyone likes to use the word side hustle now, you know, so if it's your side hustle or full-time hustle, whatever, you've always, but that's an appropriate word. You've always got to be sort of hustling to get the next client, to get the next gig, to find your next assignment or project. So the idea behind um, Gig Leads UK is that, you know, it's, and it's, I've purposely named it gigleads.uk because I'm aiming it at the UK market. There's a lot of platforms out there that, you know, their base is America or, you know, Asia or, you know, those are very huge markets. And it just always seems to me that, you know, the UK sort of just drops somewhere in between. Um, 
So I wanted to kind of do it, you know, and I'm back here. So it just seemed fitting as well. Um, but yeah, the idea is that it cuts down that search time that you, if you've, I, I don't know if you've done any freelancing yourself, it sounds like you, you may have done some, um, yeah. but it, yeah, it, you know, so, you know, you, you spend a massive amount of time going to this website, going to that website, scrolling through an endless list of jobs, you know, search for writing jobs, nothing there. So maybe you're ch- changing up your search term. I'll, ch- I'll search for content creator instead of writer or you know and you just you're on this continual sort of hunt and peck for all these different jobs to then you know try and send a proposal to or your information to and to to get the gig sort of thing so the idea behind gig leads is it, it cuts down that massive amount of amount of time that you can spend trying to source different jobs you know yeah it's fantastic it's basically like if if somebody doesn't understand it's like try to find look for a job like mm-hmm. to, to write a resume, write a cover letter, right. but do it a million times. A million times, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you're basically saving those people. Yeah, yeah, it's hopefully, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you still have to apply to the job, mm. uh, but no, I think course. like most people, you have your standard template of your cover letter so and I think the nice thing about the uh, gig leads the way it's been put together is you know we, we have the ability to send out alerts there's daily email alerts that go out every day to everybody that's uh, signed up as a member so they get a nice little email with all the latest jobs that are posted and then so you don't even have to go to the site to go and search for the jobs that are on there you just get you get it sent to you every day in, in the form of an email recap and just click on the job you want and send off your application um the other side i like about it, it does we've included like a freelancer profile page directory if you like so mm. you can kind of go on there like if you for instance you were looking for a copywriter or something you can just go on there search around your local area read a few profiles and commute and then you can contact that person directly and that that part of it's not we don't get involved in that that's kind of between the client uh, and the freelancer so that you know you have an ability to kind of pick up some different gigs and jobs that way as well yeah that's nice and you can also like basically reinforce the economy of your local market so instead Hopefully, of going, yeah that's yeah that's i, I think that's i thought idea, it was very beautiful yeah. I thought that that uh, the 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 search portion of that that you know the mm. freelancer search. I think I mean, I mean yeah, feasibly if you live in Manchester, you can go and look for a freelancer in London. Of, of course you can, but I, I just think people tend. I think there's some like a little bit of security in having somebody that's in your local market as well. Um, when I was freelancing, a lot of the time that'd be the first question. People say, "Are you local?" And I always found that was really strange because it's not, everything's online, everything's over the internet. It's not like you're probably ever going to meet. Sometimes you do, but not very, more often than not, you don't meet that person face to face. But there seems to be some sort of like a little level of security and people knowing that, yes, you're in the same city or you're just, you know, a couple of towns away or whatever. So yeah, we, we thought that might help to sort of support people locally as well. Lucky idea after one lucky idea and after another one, just (laughs) (laughs) like, honestly, like you, you're, you couldn't be spot on. Like I was very blown away by the value proposition because right now that's practically what everybody is looking in. Like at least in my industry, in the industry of marketing, everybody's like looking for somebody to help them out more because in Mm -hmm. the times of crisis, the only industry that really thrives is marketing. Right. So finding freelancers to help out instead yeah. of like hiring them, but like yeah. contracting them. 
And there seems to be a disconnect because, as you said, there's a million yeah. people looking, and there's a million mm. people that do it, and it's the, the something's getting so much noise. In the, yeah, there's maybe so much noise or something, but it just seems to be getting missed. So you know, we've started this out because you know the the content creators, bloggers, writers is is quite a big portion of the freelance market. So figured that was a good place to start, but uh, you know, it, it may. As we go forward, we may add a little more to that. We may look in at, you know, bringing in like the graphic designers and the photographers, maybe sort of keep it to the, the creative realm, if you want, mm. for want of a better word. Um, but we'll see. It's early days, but we're having a very good response. So, yeah, and I appreciate your feedback. Yeah, it, it seems that we've, we've sort of hit a niche, you know. <laughs> honestly I was like wow like just luck after luck after I mean I don't know luck smart decisions perfect timing I don't know what it is it but Jesus just well maybe the business background helps too you know because <laughs> and, and actually my and actually way way back in the day and um, way before I, I worked in any of the businesses I did I actually I studied marketing that was my background mm. so um so I think probably some of that still plays in today you know yeah one of those foundations is just like keeping you <laughs> something yeah so yeah um so yeah but it's been interesting the feedback's been really good we're getting a really good response and so now it's just sort of trying to push that out there and and be a bit more recognized a bit more known by people because i think probably now there's there's probably only the the people that find the side or stumble across it on social media they're the only ones that know it's there right now but even that said we're getting we're getting very good response and there's there's a good amount of people starting to sign up for that or that have signed up for that um, no i i think it's going to be bomb <laughs> i hope so i hope so and, and just yeah not being and, humble bomb uh, bomb i like that yeah and uh you know something else we did was of course you know um mm -hmm. it, it is a membership site so it is you know it is mm -hmm. a, a paid site there is a fee associated with it but we don't um there's no commissions taken. I mean, something that always frustrated me was, I know, you know, you have to kind of pay for what you get. You pay to make these connections of clients through other platforms. Um, I won't name names, but I'm sure you can think of some. But then forever in a day, they're taking, you know, 20% or 15% from the work that you perform, you know. Um, and, and they very much frown upon taking that client away from that platform, even if you've worked for them for a year, which I understand those platforms want to make them money, but it's like after you've made that connection with that client and, you know, you have that good client, you know, relationship mm -hmm. and you trust each other. It's like, should you really be forever giving 20% of your paycheck to somebody? I don't, you know, so we I just think you're totally fair. So we just yeah. kept it as a very simple flat fee. Um, you know, um, the feedback we've had on that is, for the majority, people prefer it. Um, had one or two people going, why would you charge? And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> things um, paid for, you know. <laughs> quality, man, quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and as we as we go forward, people that are looking for, for talent and for, you know, copywriters or content creators, um, or, you know, even now they have the ability to go on and post their job, their gig for, that's completely free at the minute. Um, so we're trying to get a few more people to post their, their jobs on there too. I think it's a fantastic idea. And especially like even in the content creation niche, mm -hmm. I think so many businesses are trying to create that like connection with their yeah. clients, with their customers through blog posts, especially, yes. or even yeah. like social media marketing yeah. and any sort. And just spot on. They're looking for those yeah. like unicorns and superstars who can work, yeah. but it's, it's so are. hard. There's so many and they're, it's, they're yeah. indistinguishable. So I think like, it's perfect. It's perfect. 
Well, I appreciate your feedback, definitely. Yeah, that's it's good to hear. Yeah, that's good feedback. So, yeah, we've had a really positive response, I have to say. Yeah. Well, add mine as well. (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will. (laughs) And actually, we're doing, I'm I'm not doing it, but I'm partnering um, uh, with somebody on LinkedIn. Uh, We're putting together um, a, a seminar. Uh, an upcoming seminar for freelancers mm. so they can get to learn a bit about the product and talk about some of the things and that's like can, you know there'll be a whole Q&A session with that so so it's, it's kind of to raise a little bit of exposure for gig leads but you know really it's the whole you know backdrop of the thing is it's it's a networking event for freelancers that's very smart because it's basically what? like you get so much demographic like of that freelancers on there and you can convert them later on. It's basically the hook. Plus you're giving them value, how to be a better freelancer that will eventually benefit you. Everybody wins. Everyone wins. Yeah, that's the idea. So it's like, it's not, it's not my event. I'm just participating. Um, but I'm quite excited about that to see what transpires out of that. Cause that's quite a big group of freelancers that we can then get, you know, good feedback. When from. is it happening? Uh, it will be uh, mid-November, um, but I'll, I'll push out some information on social media pages and different channels so we can get, to be, get some people to sign up and join us. You know, <laughs> that, that, I think that, w- that would be fantastic. All right, yeah. to wrap it up, tell me either a resource or a book that, you, that changed your life that you couldn't recommend more. One book or one resource only, like... One thing. Wow. Okay. Choose wisely. That's, a, that's yeah. I'm going to have to choose really wisely. Any kind of book. Oh my god. Any book that changed your life, and I'm not talking about memoirs that are yet to be written. Right. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> it should be. Um, not a book as such, but I'm a huge fan of um, Oscar Wilde. Uh, so even though he did write uh, books, I think I'm more of a huge fan. Uh, and I have a, a really sort of small book at home that's a collection of his of his sayings because um, mm. so I think a lot of his even though he was around so long ago I think a lot of things he was saying he would point out were uh, very relevant even today and I think such just a very witty and just such a good observer a good commentator on on human nature I think um, so I don't know if that's changed my life as such but sometimes some of the quotes and sayings will, will replay in my head at certain points and yeah it's all <laughs> All attributable to Oscar Wilde. So yeah, kudos to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody who enhanced your life so much. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on my show. Thank yeah. you so much. I enjoyed it. It was great. Thanks for having me. <laughs>